Hello world, welcome to another episode of The Levelheads. We are very excited this week because our guests are none other than Cardinal Crest Holmes, Joe Christensen, and Adam Schaefer. These two guys are ultra uber famous on social media. If you don't uh, recognize the mustache or the dancing, then you are not in the right place. Um, you jump into discussions about their, their business, their um, mustache, their mustache, <laughs> their dancing, and how their company and company culture. So, Zane, you can edit some of that shit out there. And touchdown, Jesus. And touchdown, Jesus. DJ Jim and Jamie on the mic. We, uh, here we are. I don't know how to intro this to me, man. <laughs> Hello from the Level Heads podcast. Um, we have uh, a couple of guests here, Joe and Adam from uh, Cardinal Crest out in uh, it's Kansas City, right? Yes, sir. Out in Kansas City. So they are uh, custom home builders, and uh, we're super excited to uh, get them to open up and tell us a little about themselves. How's it going, guys? It's going great. Coming back from IBS, a little hungover. Uh, that's from Still? work, from play, oh. not actual hungover, but hungover from all the playtime, and now right. we have to get. You know what I'm saying? It's sure. It's sure actually been a busy week. It's it it sucks. It sucks right now. There's <laughs> just a yeah. lot of stuff going on. You'd miss yeah. a work a week, and then you you uh, you come back to a a good yeah. pile of work. So yeah, it's never it's never fun coming back. From vacation when you're gone for a week, everything piles it's not on vacation, top of you, right? Mike. That's work. Yeah. That's research and development. That's R and D. Sorry, yes, networking. R and D, R and D, networking, networking. You know, all the yeah. We're writing that. Oh yeah, we're I was slinging. Yeah. Oh yeah. heck yeah. So, so not only are you guys custom builders in the Kansas City area, but you are also social media extraordinaires you guys are quite uh quite the stars on instagram with your dancing and your reels and all your shenanigans it's true i'm being but for our listeners for our listeners all three of them who may know who may not know who you are why don't you uh give us a little background tell us about your company your your structure and what you guys do take it away adam yeah that was a that was actually probably one of the uh, the most exhausting exhaustive parts of IBS was everyone was just recognizing Joe like crazy, and they just look over at me. Hey, will you take the selfie? He's lying. Of Joe and I? He's lying. It was great. So I kept hearing that every single day. So it, it felt good though to support <laughs> Joe up. in that way and you know walk around. Let it alone. Adam's the one who dances most of the time. So <laughs> you need to grow out the stash. I think it's the stash, is what it is. Yeah, dude. Well, I'm missing a little bit up top, so maybe the stash will help. Yeah, grow it out even longer then, so that way yeah, for sure. it takes the attention <laughs> off your head, right? Amen. For sure. So any big takeaways from IBS? Anything interesting? Oh, um, yes. I would say, yeah, I need to stash. stash. Uh, you know what? Um, to skip over the bio, sorry, Mike. Do you want me to start with a bio or go with IBS? We'll go with 
I'll, I'll go with the, the IBS question first. <laughs> um, go ahead. There you go. I think this time we like hit, we were doing a lot of networking and meeting a lot of builders and we probably only spent, I don't know, three hours looking at like booths. Cause it's just too many. Right. I think they said like, I, I, I saw the report. It yeah. was, it was like a hundred thousand people there in Vegas between all the trade shows. And there was multiple trade shows going on, but they were all interconnected to home building or, uh, you know, some type of construction. But we, we had a good time meeting a lot of different builders that we knew from social. And then we uh, did connect with a couple of the products that we use a lot, and kind of met with those guys and uh, some local reps. But we really didn't. We walked the floor for maybe three or four hours tops. And then we were most of the time just kind of connecting with other builders, wow. which often like like we're doing here. That it, it I would say it's one of the most beneficial parts is, you know, getting those friendships and, and connecting with those people so that you can then later, if you have a question or uh, uh, something that you find yourself, you need help with, you can easily feel comfortable calling them or texting them and saying, Hey, what's going on? It was fun. It was fun. You know, putting uh, a face or a live human person in, you know, real time meeting them instead of just socially or over social over the internet. So, yeah. so do you sign autographs with your left hand or your right hand? Which way do you sign the autographs? Let me tell this. Let me answer this mustache. Question. He signs with his right. With, with the right, the right handle of the it's mustache. It's funny you brought that up because he actually did sign a couple. Come on, bags. really? As a joke, these guys. Oh my God. People were the mist of a legend. No, it was like a joke. They're all, and then there is one builder. I won't say his name. If he listens to this, he'll know who he is. He, I literally signed somebody's chest, like, and and you know what? His. <laughs> Let me tell you, his pen, he, I'm, I got video I'm going to send it to you guys. I got his video. pen worked magically. I wish you guys wouldn't share that. I'm sorry. It hasn't, <laughs> hasn't come off my chest yet. Ah! But. <laughs> but, but the guy's pen worked so well on the skin. I was like, what kind of pen is this? I was so impressed. <laughs> impressed. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Sharpie. It's a Sharpie. It's never coming yeah. off. Um, it was actually, I, I think, you know, one of my favorite parts about uh, IBS, to echo what Joe was saying about just that networking, um, social media in and of itself, I feel like is always, it's the platform for all of us to brag, right? You know, show our best side, show our coolest projects. Um, and so being face to face with these builders and, and networking it allows us the opportunity to bro yeah. down, you know, take a step back from social media and talk about our imperfections, talk about what we can improve on. And, and I felt like that for me, that was the best part of IBS is to understand not alone, dude, yeah. I'm not alone in this. Yeah. I, I'm struggling. You're struggling. You know, let's give each other some pointers here. And, and that, that was incredible. And, and I really, really enjoyed that aspect of IBS, like Joe, we didn't spend a whole lot of time walking and looking at all the cool products. And there's thousands of awesome products that are visible there. Um, you know, I was walking right next to celebrity <laughs> Joe the whole time. So we were able to bro down 
every day constantly. I think it was because we did that as you talked. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, as you were talking to all the other builders at IBS, did did the discussion of like the current market or the, the, um, the feel of what 2023 is going to be like, is it, is it apprehensive? Is it, are people gaining more confidence? What was the the vibe from all the other builders in the other markets? You know, I think that we got a, a wide range of different opinions. Um, there is definitely a camp of very optimistic people who say we're very optimistic. We feel like the custom market, the, you know, upper echelon of, of homes, uh, high net individuals are, 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 are going to continue to want to buy into this market, even though it, if it downturns into the economy. Um, and we're kind of more, you know, and then you'd find the other people, the middle ground, and that's kind of where we're at. We're kind of in the middle ground where I think we're optimistic, but we're seeing a, a real big uptick in leads right now. But frankly last year Mm -hmm. i we quoted out and bid more jobs in the winter of 2022 than i have in years but the uh, conversion rate of those leads were horrible like nobody said yes us us too i mean so us too i was about to say that too i i don't I don't, uh, I'm not super optimistic like some of the, the, the people were in a sense. I don't think we're out of the woods yet until I start seeing a massive amount of conversions. I still see people with a lot of sticker shock, still not realizing, uh, you know, what the prices are and that they haven't, they might be leveling off in certain areas, but other ones are still going up. And so I, mm-hmm. I, I think it's, Unfortunately, I think the slowdown is going it, to, it's still, if it, it does happen and it will happen, it's happening in production building, it's going to be a slow crawl to, <laughs> to actually have price adjust to it if it <laughs> will. So I, 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 there's other people who say it's, it's awesome. And uh, I, I think um, maybe their conversion story is different through clients, but ours has been still, we're still not out of the woods. We don't know yet. Now, ours is sticker shock as well. It's, you know, we try to prep as much as we can up front so you don't end up doing work for free. But, you know, and then you get to the stage where you tell them how much it is. And that's like, I didn't I didn't realize you were being honest about how everything is higher than it was. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's ours. It's a big it's a big struggle. I, I think it one, one thing that I. Yeah. Inflation. Inflation just doesn't happen at the grocery right. store. Yeah. yeah, I struggle it with myself to even understand. I mean, we've been in business for twelve years now, and I even look at the pricing and I'm sh- shocked. I'm like, "What? Did that ha- what does that house cost? Yeah. No way!" I question yep. it. Yeah, yeah, yep. Us too. Us <laughs> too. I, I I always feel like our labor is like I'm like man this guy is just killing us now like what happened but then you know you go back and look at it and you're like well I mean it's not that much of a ray you know a ray, it, he's about in line with what everybody else is doing you know and you know right yeah we're struggling with the same things man I think uh, to a lot of the uh, varying responses we were receiving about the market conditions from all these different builders 
had a lot to do with how young mm. their company is. You know, if, if they had just started, they had a different take on, on what the market was like. Honestly, like, it, it seemed like all the individuals that we could say, like, and, and Joe and I, we're not in this league just quite yet, but it seemed there's a power with social media. It seemed like a lot of the, the guys that had a large following weren't struggling yeah. at all, and they have a significant backlog. Um, and a lot of those guys, too, that, that have that higher status, I guess, from a social media standpoint or a larger following, super high-end custom homes, it, it seems like that's not slowing down by, by any means. Um, and they've got a pretty significant backlog. All like the semi-custom builders, every single one of them had concern. And they're looking into remodels, you know, just, just trying to weather the storm. They, all of them are very much aware, you know, currently right now, we have an insane amount of homes under production. But because we just have a significant backlog from the past two years, you know, projects haven't been completing within the timeframes that they should be completing. And so all of those are going to be completing within the first half or so of this year. And then this latter half, you know, what are we going to be doing mm -hmm. really? You know, there's for us personally, it's all about remodels right now. We're, we're getting high end um, $500,000 plus uh, remodels. And, and that's what's going to help us weather this storm um, or the slowdown. That's do you guys do? Do you guys normally take? So when you do a remodel, I know for us, it's just not worth it unless it's a really big remodel. Is that you guys too, or are you, you are you doing pretty much everything to weather the storm? Um, we we have like a, a minimum price mm -hmm. point uh, that that we're defining with clients on remodels. And and for us, it does make sense to accept remodels that are in that four hundred thousand yeah. plus. Um, it, it does make sense I think for us. I, I really like you know I I, I did watch uh, I watched I, I guess Joe's um, your answer and everybody's questions, and I did appreciate that you talked about how hard the last two years have been. You know, because you know I, I know it's said on. You know, it's been it's been written in articles everywhere and lumber pricing has gone up and whatever. But I really appreciated that you said this has been a really difficult two years because it doesn't matter what people read or what they see on the news or whatever. People don't seem to understand how difficult for all of us the last two years have been, not just for pricing, but for the availability of labor and materials and everything. I really appreciated that you said that. I mean... I have never seen, none of us have ever seen something so difficult in construction. Construction is our, no. already really no. hard, right? But it's our, yep, our personalities absolutely. allow us to maneuver through difficult conversations, difficult negotiations, problem solving. But it was literally, it has been impossible at times when, you know, a good contractor is really good at setting expectations, right? And like, all we do is we evaluate yeah. risk and we set expectations. Well, when you set an expectation two years ago that you could build a home in 15 months because it's a custom home or whatever it may be, <laughs> and you were two years, I mean, what? Like, you know, and then the same thing with the yeah. pricing. Yeah. We, we've, we've hit raising a, uh, the price of a home over 100K now is like, well, yeah, you're not the only one we've done this. 
I, I mean, the, the amount that we have had to go back, yeah. it's just crazy. And, you know, people, I get it. They lose their minds. And I get why, because it's like, <laughs> dude, like this is so, there is no way we have never dealt with inflation like this. We have been able to do two to three percent every year with our contingencies, and it's always covered it. And the sad thing is, is like I've had yeah. to remind myself, yeah, we're usually freaking good at our job. Like we usually hit the mark, but it <laughs> seems like this last two years, every client, sorry. We're delayed, we're over budget, and let's come into yeah. the office so you can yeah. be mad and we could be calm. We could walk through these things. Mm -hmm. He can tell you why, and you're going to have to stomach all these problems like us, and we're going to walk you through it. And it's just been, it's, it, it's almost been too much. I mean, it's, it's exhausting. exhausting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Mike took the word right out of my mouth. It really is exhausting because it feels like it feels like it's not just one thing. It's, it, at first, it was just lumber back in like what you know, July, August of 2020 when it first started going up. It was just lumber, but now it's like every single thing. Like, oh, sorry, aluminum went crazy. Oh, sorry, steel. Oh, sorry, lumber. Oh, roofing. Like it labor, just went yeah. nuts. So it feel yeah, labor and now labor is gone sane. And you know, couple that with my wife, Lauren, she does all our design and stuff. She says, and I think this is actually really funny and true. She says that custom building, like the second home is like the, the wedding of middle age. So people that like, so people that you think would be normal during like their wedding, you know, she used to be a wedding planner years ago. She said they like lose their minds. And you're like, I, like, I don't want to be your friend anymore because you've lost your mind. And so she says the same thing about custom building. Like, this is everybody's Super Bowl. You know, they're, you know, they got to post this on Instagram and this is their Super Bowl. So I, I agree with her kind of. I legitimately yeah. just said that at a panel at IBS. People, yeah. Women dream of two things. I'm sorry. It's going to sound really sexist. Yeah. Wedding day, custom <laughs> home day. And we're right smack <laughs> in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we get to we get to try to find to to try to like put everybody's dreams together, and you know their Instagram dreams together, really, because they just want to post it and everybody talk about how amazing their kitchen is, and we get to be the ones that are on on like on this end of like putting it together of what they can afford and what they can't. And everybody gets mad at you like, Joe, I can't believe this is this expensive, you know, but you don't make up the prices. You know, you're just, you're just the guy that's trying to put what they want into what they can afford or what they, you know, into that. And it, it has made it so extremely difficult for us. You know, I don't know. It's a, it's a big coaching point for my PMs to explain to my guys yeah. to, um, you know, you got to handle them with white gloves because it's a very emotional endeavor for these clients. Yeah, it's a one-off yeah. for us. It's just another bathroom drain body we're trying to find. Right. So <laughs> that's a big coaching point with my guys is to stay calm. They're not mad at you. Right. They're just upset because yes. you know, they're emotional. So that's, that's a big, big deal. It's the, what it's the middle-aged so, wedding. Yeah. So that brings, I mean, it's exactly that brings right. me to another topic I want to bring up with you guys. You know, we're talking about <laughs> residential construction and how emotional it is for our clients you guys have, are having so much fun dealing with emotions. You decided to open up a commercial wing and dabble in commercial construction. 
Tell me about that. Jeez, you had to derail this conversation with that question. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let, if, if you don't mind, let, let me just jump in just a little bit on 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 uh, something before that, right? Like, yeah, this the last two years, right, have been incredibly difficult. The silver lining in all of it is if you had any imperfections in your systems and processes, they were exposed oh, to the extreme. Absolutely. And so we, we, Joe and I, over the past two years, I feel like we have learned so much about our business and ways that we can improve that like I am ecstatic. I'm stoked for the future because we've made those adjustments. We've, we've made the changes within our company. So hopefully, uh, these imperfections that were exposed, they're not going to be on Gosh. repeat uh, the, that's the, a great the years point. to come. And so that's been a huge yeah. blessing, I think, for us. That's a great point. Uh, we we were the same way. I mean, it seemed like every client that we had, we had some hole in our back office or some other process that we had that now we've started to address. I feel like we're so much stronger now. That's a good well, point. Now, Joe, why did why we start a commercial heck? side? Dude? <laughs> well, as much as I love, okay, before I get sarcastic. Um, so we did say custom home building is emotional. I do often say that that's a, it's a double-edged sword because it is very emotional and uh, it can, it can be negatively emotional, but at the same time, because you are building these people's dreams, they often love you forever when you when you succeed, right? When you get it all done, right. people ball, yeah. they cry, they share all kinds of intimate things with you, like it or not, because they love you. <laughs> I was getting a little crazy. I don't know why I said intimate, but I meant like moments, not like you got <laughs> your, fa your face sense. made it. Your face made it weird. I, no. It wasn't. <laughs> no, no. It's the mustache, guys. It just it, it, it makes them wild. It's the mustache. Okay. This is this is fun. I like this. Um, okay, so now this segues perfect into commercial construction because you can do your job exact, perfect to the T. And you will get a handshake and never talk to that person again. Um, right. And honestly, <laughs> it's also some of the beauty of that. And I, you know, about, we've been in yeah. business for 12 years uh, to give a little recap. We, Adam and I are not from Kansas City. We moved to Kansas City to start Cardinal Crest Homes. And um, we were familiar with the area from family and friends. So we kind of did a market study and we, we moved here for a variety of reasons. And uh, about, it's coming on almost four years ago, we decided, you know what? We would like to diversify a little bit and to get a commercial construction. We dabbled a little bit into it. We got, we were able to do like a, a, a orthodontist dental uh, a TI big kind of remodel. And we kind of noticed those same things, very business. Uh, not as emotional, a lot of contract administration, uh, a, a lot of contracts. Uh, it's very contractual because it's very litigious. 
And, um, and there's a little, it's just, it's ran so differently uh, that we said, well, you know what, this is kind of interesting. Let's pursue this a little bit. And then we kind of got into the mindset of, you know what, what would be really cool is if we pursued this and started owning and developing some of our own real estate. And so that was kind of the crux of the, uh, the commercial construction is that we really wanted to, we would build these nice custom homes like you guys do. And we would sell it, you know, maybe it's a million dollar home. And over these last 12 years, you build a million dollar home. And if you built that 10 years ago, that home is almost $2 million. <laughs> and whatever it may be yeah. the where and we were we were creating this crazy amount of uh value for these clients and yeah they paid us for it but we really started to see like we're missing out at not being able to own real estate to take advantage of the tax code to take advantage of appreciation of all these different things and so that was also part of that movement in the commercial that kind of helped us the other thing i really love about commercial construction uh, uh, that I do feel like owners of uh, or developers of commercial construction really value the appropriate staffing on a job. Like I feel like on custom home building, often too much of us, and we do it ourselves, we have to thin out our staff to cover so many jobs or we have to cover so many jobs. We're like, it's like yeah. it's like known in commercial construction. Nope, you need a full time super, or at least, and maybe in another assistant, you need a laborer. You're going to have a full time PM, and they're going to do the admin work. And because of that, they're able to do some of that, all the contracts, and and so it, there's a lot of layers to it. But I I believe it's like culturally known to be able to staff it appropriately. But with that, there's a lot of paperwork. There's a lot of processes. And uh, I do love that every subcontractor will willfully sign a subcontractor agreement. I don't have that luxury all the time in custom home building. In commercial, right. no, no nobody yeah. steps on a job without a contract and, uh, and them signing that. Um, what, which do you prefer? Knowing, you know, knowing both of these, which do you actually prefer? You put them um, on the spot and you put them on the spot because you're going to no, be afraid. No, I, <laughs> well, I'll yeah, let Adam. Listen, we're we're going to have like two I people mean, listen the, to this. So. <laughs> uh, the, the home site, that's that's what we're uh, we're deeply passionate mm-hmm. about, right? Like Joe and I, we started this, this company because we are passionate about building mm-hmm. homes. Um, that's where, you know, Joe and I, we did meet in college. We met, uh, right, you know, right before we got into the construction management program at BYU. And so from day one, we went through the program together. It was always custom homes, custom homes, custom homes. Like that's what we are most passionate about. It was a natural progression for us um, in all honesty to just start exploring the commercial realm because each one of us, we build homes for high net worth individuals, right? That, that, our dentists that need offices that, you know, that want, have money and want to invest somehow. And so we were always getting questions from our clients that we're building homes for. Hey, do you guys do this? Do you guys do that? And finally, four years ago, we were like, sure, we'll do do it. So when when you guys were at BYU, was the 
course focus more towards constru uh, commercial construction rather than residential construction? Yeah, it, I, I would say definitely. We definitely got a, a spoonful of commercial construction in at, at BYU. Um, I even uh, I even had a job for a while uh, with a uh, commercial contractor that did multifamily. Um, I also think, I mean, I would echo Adam, like, you know, custom home building, the details are just phenomenal. And like the, the, the artistry in custom homes is unmatched. Even when you have some crazy mill work that's going to happen in commercial, and it might be in like some like foyer or some kind of entry point, it's going to go to a custom mill workshop and it's going to be very process driven, contractually driven. And even though I, I won't lie, there's artistry that comes out of some amazing commercial projects. And, you know, we're not a, a, a huge GC, a commercial GC. I just feel like there's something that's unmatched on custom homes to deal with owner operators that execute at such a high level. And then you get that passion from them. You get the passion from the homeowner. And it's just, it is, it's, it's, it's something that you can't replace in commercial. Um, I, I don't know. Sorry. I, yeah. I don't, I don't, um, I just wanted to ask, I mean, I was going to ask where you guys met and all that stuff and how you got there, but, uh, coming from BYU and you guys obviously talked, did you guys just get together and decide where do we want to go? Did you have families? Did you have to convince both your families? Like, this is what we're going to do, and you're going to follow us, and that's that. Because I've known so that would go with my wife. My, my wife, I know Adam has a similar <laughs> scenario because we talk, we bro down every night about this Why we mo when we moved to Kansas City. I pulled up to my brother's house in April of 2000, well, maybe it was sooner than that, uh, April of 2011, and I was like, I turned to her, and she's like, just welting up and I'm like, I'm going to go in and she starts bawling like nonstop. And I'm like, and I'm just like speechless. I'm just like, what have I done? Do I leave you like, in here? Do we talk about this? Or what? I know. And she, she can't even talk. She can't even talk. So I sit there for a little bit. And I'm like, I'm going to go in. And she's just like, oh. and I'm like, okay. And I mean, Adam will fill you in on his. It was it was very brutal. I mean, we yeah. questioned our our lives for the first couple of years. 2011 was the was the bottom of the housing market. If you look yeah. at the graphs, right. it was brutal. And I mean, we 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 almost didn't make it many times. Uh, it's funny I asked that because I had a very similar. I was working for a builder in Nashville where the market was just like exploding. But there was so much competition, and I have family here in Knoxville where I'm at, and it felt like if we're going to ever start our business, it's got to be in Knoxville, you know. So I go and I talk to my, uh, I go and I talk to my operations manager at the time about it, and he's like, "Man, that's a shame because I was just about to give you this big custom neighborhood that we're going to start in Brentwood, you know, like where all the country stars live," <laughs> and uh, it was hard. It was hard to say no, you know, we really enjoyed Nashville, but, you know, and my wife's family lives there. So I like, I totally get it. 
totally, totally gets. We still talk about like, what if we lived here? What if we lived in Nashville? You know, I get it. Yeah, there's been many tears, <laughs> many tears that have been yep, shed over start that. at the bottom. I get it. There's only one place to go, right? For sure. Man. When do you go up? I was, I mean, I'm asking, asking for a friend. <laughs> You know what's you know what's so funny? You you just said that you like the projection of our. I don't know if you guys have ever charted. I, so we I chart our like gross revenue and, and net and and like yeah. what's been interesting for us over the years and it's often because of reinvesting in our business. Like our chart, it goes up, but it's like up, down, up, down, up down yeah. up it's so yeah. it's like this yep it's really too. funny how you can see how like okay reinvestment then more up more reinvestment and a little more up so anyway sorry i cut yeah. you off adam yeah yeah no no it, it's it's unique that up and down cycle that we're seeing um <clears throat> we can like directly you know joe's saying reinvest in the company we can directly link it to when we hire new hmm. people and, and there's going through that yeah. training phase of, uh, you know, these new individuals and how it takes time for them to, you know, or mm-hmm. it takes our time away from doing our roles and responsibilities, training these individuals. So then maybe sales lack a little bit because we're trying to focus on training these new individuals within the company and, and whatnot. But that, that was interesting to make that. Did you see Mike's eyebrows go up right there? Yeah. Mike was like, I knew it. I think it's got to just be me and Johnny. Can't hire anybody. <laughs> Dude, Mike, it's hard. Oh people. my gosh, Mike! Mike is the Lone Ranger it's, out there. Him and Johnny. It. It's hard. It. You know, uh, there there's pros and cons. I'm sure you guys have talked about it. There's so so many pros and cons of both. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, nobody's going to do it as well as you are. That's just I, I hate to say. It. Like, at least at the beginning. Nobody's going to care as much as you are. Uh, eventually, you find the right people and you get – I feel like Adam and I are finally getting good at hiring and firing. <laughs> and mm-hmm. we're finally finding people that are better than us and that are being put in the right role mm-hmm. and that are believers and now. Yep. But it, it has taken a long time and we we have been burned and uh, – it's a, it's a totally different talent, like, you know, building a home, being that business owner who can spot and procure talent uh, of employees is, is something that I wasn't prepared for until we went through, I mean, we've been through 15 different people or so, um, you know, after you go through that oh cycle, gosh. you start to realize, okay, like, these are the signs and these are what people need to be trained on. This is what people need. This is the feedback they need. They, this is your, you know, you start getting really processed. Uh, you know, uh, I, I lean back of that question about going to commercial construction, which is very processed. And we've always been very processed, but you start to realize, okay, there's a process for hiring process for training process for, and you get better and better at it. Um, but the first people we hired, yeah, it wasn't good. So and probably Mike, how many PM hire somebody? <laughs> I'm going to be calling you for uh, some consulting for sure. There's, but how many PMs or, or superintendents are, do you guys have right now? I'll let you. I'll you go, Adam. So currently, uh, just to 
echo on, on the hiring process, right? Like it's incredibly difficult to find the unicorns. Uh, there's unicorns out there that you can hire them and plug and play. And it, it, it's almost like you don't skip a beat. Um, but those are definitely, <clears throat> those are definitely unicorns. Um, with every one of our hires, I feel like what I've uh, found out or, or what I've realized is it legit takes two to three years uh, for that new hire to actually be dangerous, yeah. um, where where I can uh, completely step away from their role and, and I can gain that trust in those employees. So it's a significant investment yeah. uh, where when you're hiring people, it 100% takes two to three yeah. years um, for them to be to be incredible. Um, our current team on the residential side, you know, we've got our pre-con staff, we design and draft all the homes that we build in-house. I've got, so it's Joe and myself, Joe's roles, uh, sales, social media guru. Um, and then he also heads up really our commercial side. Um, myself, I'm kind of chief of operations on the residential side. Uh, I'm, I'm in charge of kind of our pre-con team and then also the, the production team. Um, on the pre-con staff, uh, we've got an architectural designer um, who aids in drafting all the floor plans. We have an interior designer. We've got a selection specialist client coordinator. Uh, we've got a full-time estimator. We've got an office manager and uh, kind of an assistant office manager. Uh, helps with accounts payable. And then on the production side, we've got three project managers, kind of a senior project manager. And then we, we call all of our uh, supers, we call everyone a project yeah. manager. So a senior project manager and then two other project managers and then a warranty uh, manager, full-time warranty guy. So that kind of makes up the entire team of- You've got a pretty good size team. volleyball team. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> volleyball. How many people are on a volleyball? The reason I ask is how, when you guys, when you guys took, when you first started off, right? It was just you two, right? At what point did you guys step away from the, I guess the day-to-day -day would be the best way to put it and let the project managers just run with it. And you guys step back and focus on the business. We just spoke or do you about even do that last I mean, so we are very hands-on still. Like I, I visit sites every week. Now I don't get to every site every week, but I, I definitely, I like to have, I like to visit every site in, in a two week period. Um, now, uh, you know, it, 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 it's just to get my eyes on it a little bit is also selfishly. I want to I document why I'm there on social media, do a little bit of that, but I also <laughs> twofold, right? Show off the mustache on social media yeah. and then uh, check the job. <laughs> What's this mustache sign this document? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I honestly, that was Mike, what you're asking is, was probably the, one of the, the biggest lessons learned when we did, uh, uh, you know, completely go away from the production side and handed it over to say like, you are now, the lead on this job is when we saw the biggest, okay, it wasn't that bad. It was, it was all right when we first did that break. And that was probably four years ago when we did that, maybe less. And it, 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 it was okay. 
it, it, and maybe the PMs did like uh, 75% of what we, what we did, like just, and that was just because they were training and we're finally stepping away. COVID made that a nightmare. And so it, be, mm-hmm. it was, uh, it, it was really difficult to, to fully step away and feel like the, the projects were getting handled a hundred percent. I feel like right now, like Adam said at the beginning, I feel like now we've uh, made the right adjustments to our process to, to, you know, just our, our, you know, standard operating procedures that now I feel a hundred percent confident that our team, I could, I could go away for a month and I know everything would be executed at a very high level. I could not say that two years ago. Um, but right now I could say I could, I could just leave and, and they would execute at the same level that I, that we, Adam and I could execute at. Well, that's a credit to credit to you guys for putting together that team and yeah. the processes. Yeah. And it, to add on that, you know, I think the biggest, uh, I'm, I'm incredibly lucky. I've, I've got a business partner, Joe and I, you know, our, our ownership split, we're 50, 50, we're partners in, in every venture that we do. So I've got an individual that has an incredible mustache <laughs> that I can just bounce ideas off of constantly. Right. And so that also has its challenges. Uh, with that, right, where uh, we might not agree on some decisions that that we have that we have to make uh, from a business. Are you, wait, are you talking about Joe or Joe's but... mustache? You <laughs> <laughs> this, is getting, this is getting serious. <laughs> um, what it was was uh, no, but you have to have that for Joe and I. It's like a companionship inventory mm-hmm. of our emotions, what we like. It's a marriage. Yeah what we like and what we don't like doing within, within the business, you know, and, and that's where like these first hires stemmed from. It's not, and, and, and I guess a better way to phrase that, not like, and don't like, cause if you don't like doing something, you're not going to be very good at it. So it's better to say, what am I good at? And what am I not good at? Right. And so that, that was the first thing Joe and I, we were not very good at paying our subcontractors on time or doing the bookkeeping side of the business. So mm-hmm. that was the first hire. You know, we're going to get an office manager that's going to help with accounts payable, you know, and then as everything starts progressing, it was like, Hey, if we want to start scaling this, we're going to need help drafting, you know, cause before that Joe and I, we were the draftsmen. Oh, we, wow. we were designing yeah. all of our homes. Joe and I, we were picking all of the paint colors, all the tile selections, all the light fixtures for all of our homes. Joe, it was Joe and I that were, we were the interior designers, we were the draftsmen, and we were project managing all of our projects. And so then, you know, it started heavy on the pre-con just to help us with that load. Um, and, and then it moved into project management. But it, it, it all stemmed and it all started from that companionship inventory what are we good at what are we not good at and you know joe and i we're the unicorns we're good at everything so <laughs> just kidding just kidding oh, God. you're good at dancing bit. but uh he's good it, at dancing yeah was, you're good at dancing 
I mean, hip, hips don't dance. lie. And that little run that you did, the job site, <laughs> the job site thing that you did, the jumping for material, that was really nimble. It's graceful. <laughs> He's graceful. I appreciate yeah. that, man. <laughs> and I, I feel that it, I'm like, I'm it's been raining feet. in Knoxville for like a month now. So <laughs> like, I, th- I actually thought about that today. I was trying to like get up on a scaffolding but I'm wearing like I like I had I was in the office so I had to run out there and check something and I'm in my on clouds so I was like this is like that cardinal crest thing like I've got to hop over to this two bus all the stones yeah. laying in the mud and then jump on this scaffolding to go and check this bean placement oh, like real life frogger <laughs> I thought about oh, you real life frogger yeah, I yeah, like it feels that like that yeah while you're on site with all the subs that are just making fun of you, like if I bring a hammer, they're like, they're like, oh, watch out, you know, Zane's getting a tool out, you know, <laughs> like, like I just oh, yeah. woke up one day 20 years ago and just like this shit just came magically to my brain and I knew how to do it. Like I've never done this before. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah. Ha, 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 ha. You mentioned something there, Adam, that I want to touch, touch on oh, about me. in-house drafting. <laughs> That's I always find that interesting in, in different markets where builders do their own architecture and drafting. So here, you know, we have to have a, a stamped plan from a licensed architect. How do you guys handle that? Do the, do the villages or municipalities require an architect stamp or engineer stamp? How, how do you guys handle that? Um, it, it's as it's a, honestly, it, it is as simple, right? As uh, it, it doesn't need to have both the architectural stamp and the engineer stamp. We just need an engineer stamp. Um, and so we're doing all the, the design work in-house and then we do submit it to an engineer and, and the engineer adds all the different notes for beam sizes. If we have a portal frame or, or whatnot. So, uh, you know, just doing it for so long, we kind of, we understand the restrictions, right? I mean, yeah. all of us do, right? We've been building for, for so long. So, so we know all the, the different, uh, you know, our, uh, just the different variances and the different uh, allowable uh, loads for different materials that we're using. So we're, we're pretty versed in the structural um, component of it. Um, so we don't have to do crazy redesigns when it comes time to send our plans into engineering. Uh, every once in a while we get caught and it's like, hey, you, you design these windows too big. And if you do that, then we're going to have to add all this steel here. And so we bring the, the owners back into that conversation and ask them, Hey, do you want to go this route? Is that or something kind of idea? Sorry. But is that it, something it, that's it common happened. in your marketplace that all builders do in-house designs or is that something that you maybe thought you had an edge on your competitors? If you bring that in-house. I, I would say it kind of stemmed from Adam and I, when we were at college, both of us, uh, assistant taught the drafting class at BYU. We, I, I think Adam and I, at one point, both of us asked ourselves, do we want to go to architectural school? And uh, we ultimately wanted to build more. We liked that process more. And I, I definitely interviewed with architects and realized that's just not the path I, I, I desire. And I think Adam came to that same conclusion. And moving to a new market, we when we came to Kansas City, we did feel like uh, as we looked at the different builders and their offering, we definitely, I'm from Las Vegas originally, lived there for 22 years. Adam's from Sacramento, California. We just had a different style. We, we, we didn't have a, a, the same Midwest style that people had here. 
And so it even helped more because we were like, you know what, we we just want to bring a different uh, a style that's here. We want to, and, and we know how to draft. We we studied it in college. So you know, we started with the first home, and um, that one definitely got the most scrutiny. And uh, and we kind of just merged from there, drafting our own plans, getting better at it, bringing in different styles. And I think a lot of it too pushed us where like we weren't from Kansas City, so we didn't know a lot of the architects around here. And and honestly, it's only been we've been here for 12 years almost. And just in the last year have we had outside architects now approach us about houses. And so we are now doing work for them. And I feel like it's going great. I do feel like I when we talk to them, we say, hey, we can really appreciate what they do and speak their language because we draft in that same program. We use Revit architecture. It's a robust architecture uh, um, uh, CAD system. And we speak that language. We know what it's like to draft a home or, or draw a home. And um, I've even on the commercial side, I've even created a detail for an architect to say, let's do it this way. What do you think? And um, he appreciated it. He wasn't like, he was like, Hey, that saved me a ton of time. That makes more sense yeah. to build it that way. And I like your detail. Good. So thank you. And he was cool. He was humble about it. I could see some guys being really mad that someone would do that, but I do, I use the same program he <laughs> used. And um, I, I and would plus say you have a mustache. You just see and plus the mustache help. Yeah, yeah. It com- commands really respect. <laughs> I mean, if you get a detail from He's a guy like, without a mustache, nah. <laughs> He's like, thanks a lot, Matt. I mean, I'll, 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 ask, I'll ask you guys this: Would Andy Reid be the same NFL coach without without a mustache? No, no, no. amen. Done. No, one hundred percent. No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Hey, in the design phase, in the in the pre-con phase, how do you guys charge? And not getting too specific, but is it all hourly stuff, or is there like a to not exceed bid on that front end stuff? Dude, talk a, yeah. talk about a learning curve. Um, that that has been a an, that has been a challenge. Um, you know, starting out, starting the company, that was our competitive edge being brand new to Kansas city, you know, we're like, Hey, you don't have to go to an art, an outside architect, a textural firm. You don't have to pay someone else. We'll do it all in house. And so for the first five years, right. Uh, maybe even longer, six years while we we're in business, right. we weren't charging for, we were losing money. Services. We weren't charging for, <laughs> yeah, interior I think we all go through services. that. Yeah. We were losing money. Um, and, and it's, it's even, uh, it's still a challenge. Uh, you know, we have this entire pre-con staff and, uh, we're, we're still figuring that out. I'm yeah. going to be completely honest with you. Uh, we're better at it where we're, you know, we're breaking even Which is good. Uh, yeah. with, with those costs. Uh, it would be awesome. You're using it as a competitive to tool, basically. That. And so, yeah. yeah. Well, and it's not that's... just a competitive tool. Totally. Uh, I, I, sorry, Mike. I, I think the the one thing I do like I do like working with architects. I I work with them every commercial job, and I value their experience and what they bring to the table. But I will say, like having an in design uh, in like in house staff that does the interior design and architecture, this like uh, what's the synergy that happens? It's like. It happens at lightning speed compared to send that RFI off, 
see when it comes back. Right. It's like it just falls into the abyss and it comes back yeah, in two I'll, weeks. <laughs> yeah, I'll 100% agree with that. We, um, my first job uh, in like in building was at a business that had a uh, was at a business that had an in, like an inside drafter. And I, I, that's just what I got accustomed to, you know, I worked there for a year. That's what I got accustomed to. And then when I started building my own houses and then like I had my first architect or two or three, I was like, what are these guys doing all day? Like I just sent them this. Why can't they get it back to me? It'd be, you know, a week or whatever, you know, that you're trying to get this detail back. So I totally get it. And as luck would have it this past year, I worked, I worked with that, uh, drafter in Nashville and she actually moved to Knoxville this last year, got in touch with me like, Hey, I see you on your own business now. So I use her on all these little details that I need. And of course I get them back super quick cause she's starting a business. But I, yeah, I, I thought everybody got those details back really quick. And then, and then, and then was baptized by fire with the architect's speed of, you know, getting details, but is that when you got your Jesus trophy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Mike, Mike, you missed this. <laughs> For those He's of you just, just listening, Zane is holding up. Uh, For you just statue listening, touch a, a statue of touchdown. <laughs> Touchdown, Jesus. <laughs> he's, he's just here. Well, I like to call him high five Jesus, you know. So it was a good day, you know. You just give him a high five. <laughs> but back to yeah, the architect conversation, you know. <laughs> segue back. I think it's great that you guys segue. are starting to work with other local architects, and I'll tell you why. In our market, you know, we have, there's a few builders that took their architect architecture in-house. And I, I find that when you're playing in the high, the high end, ultra high end market, the architects drive a lot of it and they have a certain name and they have a, a certain uh, level of prestige that the clients go yeah. after. And we yeah. found that some of our competitors, when they bring it in-house actually handcuff themselves because, you know, that architect that's working for that builder, he's not the top of his class because if he was, he'd be out doing it on, on his own, right? That's right. Right? So yeah. those guys mm -hmm. tend to have yeah. the better designs and they they attract the clients. So we found that they've, they've kind of actually hurt themselves a little bit by not working with outside architects. Even though you have your in-house architects, that's great. But you have to stay open to using those outside architects, especially as your mm -hmm. product goes up in i guess stature or cost and i see you guys are doing that so that's awesome yeah just if you just, just well, scaling the business yeah. yeah you need more right yeah more leads i i think there's two sides of it too though i think um you know there's certain there's certain uh thoughts of like building your brand you know what i mean and your house is also your brand so if you're building all the same style you know, if somebody can drive around town and look and say, you know, that's a Greenside house, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's a Cardinal Crest house without even looking at the sign in the yard or without looking at your social media, they just know, you know, that's, you know, that's a Verdura construction. I think there's something to that as well. So, I mean, I think there's a, another side to that too. 
But yeah, I agree with you that I think you're probably giving away some work at least, especially in that high, super high end market. Yeah. Well, and, and truthfully, I think we've kind of figured out um, what houses we do want to do design and what houses we do not. And, um, you know, I think that's where it's also come from. Like uh, the one that we're working with right now is an ultra modern house. That's like a lake house. And we truthfully don't do we don't design ultra modern. We have, but not like this. And they're better at it. They're really good. And to tell you the truth, if somebody came to me and said, yeah, yeah. I've got a you know two, $3 million ultra modern house, I would say, yeah, you should go talk to these guys. We work with them. They're really good. Um, and I think as, as certain houses and like scale, you know, this is going to get into another conversation, but the last two years, one of the biggest lessons that I think we've learned is um it almost escaped me what i was going to say but our capacity like capacity of design capacity of emotion of how how much we can build and want to build like it has changed my mind mm -hmm. on how much i want to build and yep. we came from building saying we could build 20 homes a year starts to saying I want to do 10 to 12 signature Cardinal Crest homes and that's it. And we'll slot you after that. And you can wait. And if you want to go no. move on down the road, I don't care. And it, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah. It, it's 100% yeah. us. And, and yeah. so that has also changed. Our, I feel like we could like hug it out. <laughs> it's changed our whole mindset of even design. If we don't have the capacity, well, Maybe your design is better for this uh, this other architect who's really good at this. We just don't have the capacity for this one, um, and, and they'll be able to handle you. And, and we could build it in, in this time, and, and we could slot you in in six months, and they could start on the drafting or, or you know on whatnot. Do you have like? Do you have so? Do you have a lot of clients that come to you? And I guess what's the order? of uh operation for you guys is it that a client that an architect comes to you and says i'd like for you to build this house or is it that a client says i would like for you to build this house but we need a design what what do you guys usually find in your you know in your market we we usually like for us personally because we have over the past 12 years we have built that brand that we are a design mm -hmm. build company right and so it's generally it's that second option that that comes first where a client approaches us and says hey let's i want to design a cardinal crest home with you um to kind of on the flip side of that you know what joe was saying about hey we're only going to be accepting these 10 signature cardinal crest homes a year as as we explore these new builds with architectural firms you know and they're kind of interviewing us to see if we'd be the right fit for this build, that component alone saying, hey, we're not the builder that's going to accept every single project that comes across our desk. You know, we are only accepting and we are limiting our capacity to 10 signature Cardinal Crest homes. I, we have seen a ton of appreciation from these architects when, when we say that. Um, <laughs> And so we've used that kind of as, and, and we're noticing it with our clients as well. 
uh, potential new clients. You know, we we've seen that's a huge. Oh yeah, well, scarcity is good. Yeah, it uh, is. for yeah. us to to just say this is what we're accepting, and it's ten signature Cardinal Crest homes, and, and well, we're not. And do I feel it like Mike. That's great. Obviously, there's. Go ahead. I, I was, all I was going to add to that was, uh, you know, there's a reality to that, and we need to be at that 12 to 13 million a year, you know, to make money. So these 10 signature Cardinal Crest homes, we, we got to be aware of, of the price point that these homes are hitting. And, and that's just the reality of that situation. So the homes that we're chasing, they got to be a million yeah. plus. Yeah. I, I think uh, what helped that, well, not, not just COVID and our backlog and like all the, all the projects getting so elongated that they're overlapping but I know, Mike, you posted uh, on your social and you've talked about how how much, you know, your client interaction with um, uh, you have, you go out to dinner with them and the rapport. And honestly, Adam and I had this conversation about like, listen, like that's you, you grow as a company and you realize as a custom home builder, it's very hard. If you want to be truly custom, it's hard to do more than 10 more than, I mean, 10's hard, but you, yeah. you, we've got to it's have t- 10 relationships and those are intimate relationships. When they use that word again, don't get crazy with it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, people, they, they don't want, they want to know. <laughs> Touchdown. Jesus is in the room. Um, they, people want to. He's watching. They, He's people watching. want to know the owners. They want to be able to talk to you. They want to be able to text you. They want to be able to have a one-on-one conversation when they're feeling frustrated. They're okay. I, I have found that owners are okay with dealing with a superintendent or a PM, as long as he's performing well. They they have no problem with that. And and honestly, I do feel like it gives us a little bit of breathing room when and a little bit of rapport when I do show up and I'm there for a milestone meeting and the client's super excited that oh yep Joe Joe or Adam came to the mile to the to this milestone and and they're here and and it, it's fun and it's different than their other meetings and so uh but it's just really hard if you're gonna go past that I mean for us our capacity we're including Adam and I on just the home side we're 12. So 10 other employees and Adam and I on the commercial side, we have six other uh, employees. Um, and we've just realized unless you go into somewhat of a production style building uh, or semi-custom, those people want to know you as well. And they want to have a relationship with you because it's, yeah. it's their baby. It's their yep. wedding. Yeah. Yep. I preach it's hard. It. Yep. I, yeah, I preach it's hard. all the time and gotten in arguments about it before. I'm like, if you are building a, for me, if I hire a wealth management guy or an attorney or an accountant, I want to talk to the, the head guy. I don't want to talk to the PI, yeah. you know, and I, if I was buying and the house is the biggest person purchased anyone is going to make, they're going to want to talk yep. to the boss at all times. That's a firm belief. That's I how have. we hire our subs. Yeah. yeah. I want to see. I like to see the primary work. Oh my god, the best subs are, are it's hard the to get paperwork operators. out of them, but he's there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. True. It's true, and honestly, it's part of the. Fun. And you guys are. It's part of the fun when you get to know the owners. You have a good rapport with them. It's it is part of like. Yeah. It's part. It's part of what makes this job really rewarding. 
And I, we did lose that at a time when uh, these jobs got so elongated and they overlapped so many times. Like we kind of had to ask ourselves, what do we want? Does more mean more, does more homes mean more money and more happiness? And the answer was a big fat no. Right. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. We found ourselves asking that, you know, just in the, within the last two years, I totally get it. I mean, we're going the opposite direction. We're starting to build more custom specs instead of trying to take on less clients. And if it's going to be a client house, it's going to be somebody that's a really, really great fit. And we've turned down, uh, we've turned down triple the amount that we've taken on just this past year. We've almost told everybody no. That's awesome. Um, and I just, I, I just keep taking everything that comes. <laughs> well, yeah, you've got to keep you've you've got to keep all of the northern. Hotel. You've got to keep all of the Pacific Northwest. Hey, you need hotel, hotel parking <laughs> <Yeah>. canopies. <laughs> hotel trailer. That's actually a money maker. Let me tell you, that's that's a good bit. That's a good one. Posted That's that my like commercial. I like it. <laughs> got to make yeah. payrolls. <laughs> got to make payroll, man. I mean, that is That's why I don't take hotel trails. That is a challenge when you grow in staff. I mean, we say 10 or 12, yeah. but Adam, you know, hinted to it. When you grow in staff, you do have to feed the beast. Um, the double-edged sword of yeah. that is you, you, you have to feed the beast, but without us growing our staff, there's no way we could have started a commercial construction company. I mean, the commercial construction company this year has $46 million worth, worth of projects going on right now. I mean, it, it wow. has become a beast wow. for you guys. And, and there's no, that is a beast. there's no way without being able to step away from the home side and have it self-sufficient. And so it's the, the double-edged sword is, yeah, you got to feed the beast. And there's going to be lulls and you got to invest in your, in your business. But ultimately for us, it was, we can start to actually develop real estate. I mean, I, I don't want to uh, uh, speak too much of this, but the tax code is literally written for real estate investment. When you get involved heavily into it, it's yeah. kind of a joke. I didn't, no one taught that in construction management school. <laughs> they don't teach you the secret right. yeah. that, when you own your own real estate, the different tax advantages for it is just crazy. And so, you know, as we've fallen into God. that, although it's, it, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of, you know, pressure to hire all these people and grow as a company, um, the advantages is to be able to not work inside the day-to-day -day operations and be bogged down to be able to kind of dream a little bit. I mean, there's no way I could have dreamed about the things that Adam and I dreamed up without stepping away. I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't have had the, the gut to say, yeah, let's develop some apartments. Let's do, let's develop a, a retail strip center. Let's get some investors. Let's learn how to be a general partner and get limited partners. Let's learn how to, that structure works. Let's learn how pro formas work. Like it just would be impossible. And so it takes a huge amount of investment mm -hmm. and, it's a different side that I've grown to love and I think it's creative in its own way. And, uh, I think, you know, it's, it's become an adventure of, of building something different as well. So you guys, yeah, 46 million well, is no joke. Difference. 
That's yeah revenue. So you guys, yeah. you guys are. Uh, that's the difference in a business. You and guys a job. are lumping yeah. in multifamily residential into the commercial blanket. You're saying that's commercial construction. Yes, correct? that's all commercial construction for us. Yeah, I mean it, it's a the, the large. So we just in the commercial, uh, you know, division. We just finished up a, a dental office that was a, 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 a about a million dollars. And then we've the large project we have right now uh, is we have a 220 unit apartment complex uh, with 9,000 square foot of retail, and that's wow. Uh, that's forty. Uh, it's a forty million dollar project, um, and it I has. You ordered all you know, the appliances has, already. Yeah. <laughs> How did? <laughs> that's where they all went. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Talk about lead times, guys. Like, like the risk, the, like the exposure yeah. logs. We call it. We have an exposure log on that, and that's what we do. we talk about. What's the exposure yeah. on this? You know, what's our? You know, we have an exposure log of details of things that we haven't bought out yet, haven't ordered, what we don't have eyes on. We often say, "Hey, do you have eyyes on that? Have you seen it in person? Because it doesn't exist unless somebody's right. seen it in person." Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. You're talking. You're talking about that, and it's making me a little anxious <laughs> right now. It has nothing to do with me. <laughs> I'm there, buddy. We all. Oh there. shit! That's a lot. Of, that's a lot. Of, yeah. That's a lot of ranges. Yeah. <laughs> No, how do you guys, um, you know, I know, uh, I know that's kind of an emerging thing. I don't know if that's everywhere. That's an emerging thing for our, our market is kind of those, uh, commercial on the bottom floor, you know, and then living space above. Is that what you're talking about? Like that mixed use? Yeah. Is that what you're yeah, this, referring this to? This project has a mixed use component. It's kind of a controversial thing for developers, they are often pushed into these mixed use yeah. by cities. And so cities will give certain incentives to developers and certain tax incentives to, to, to you know, incentivize developments and, and, and a certain type of development. The problem is, is that uh, not always do those mixed use perform as well as a standalone retail. Um, so it has to be mm -hmm. underwritten in a, in a certain way. Like if you, uh, I'm actually really involved in like, uh, like real estate Twitter. I find a real big group that I, I like to follow. And there was one, there was a month of developers talking about mixed use, like mistakes, like, and they, everybody was posting their mixed use problem. And they're like, man, this isn't leasing, right? This isn't, I got pushed into this. So the cities really like the idea. Um, but you got to have the right spot to really make it yeah. work. How how are you getting that? Like, are, are, is that someone bringing it to you, or is that you seeking that out? How are you coming across that work? Uh, both. So we've uh, we did a, a a townhome apartment complex that had a mixed use component for a developer, and that was about an eight million dollar project. And we just finished that one up a couple months ago. Um, it was 40,000 square feet of uh, retail and townhome and apartment. And that was strictly for a developer and we were just a GC. Uh, the larger project we're actually developing. So we're part owners. Uh, we're the, what we would call a general partners uh, in that. And we've done a capital raise with uh, you know limited partners to raise money. 
uh, we, we did the development work on it and we're also GCing that project. And so it gives us a couple levers to pull and, and some, you know, advantages to work out, uh, um, you know, in buyout and, and just budgeting. But uh, it's, it's a variety. We do GC work solely for architects and developers. And then we also develop and build our own. See, he's not just a pretty face. And you guys... <laughs> and you guys, you guys sleep okay at night? And, no, you know, you're like, you're you're both like slept in four years. You're both like, <laughs> yeah, you're both like okay. Are you okay? <laughs> Adam could answer that one. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm. <laughs> I mean, uh, if you would have uh, talked to me. A year ago, um, when when we were getting financing for that job, that was a different story. Or trying to secure financing, um, it it's a it's a unique thing, right? Like that's the the whole reason any one of us is in business is we we understand the risk involved in all of it, and uh, we I, I think we all, if we want to admit it or not, we we kind of we don't enjoy the risk, but there's risk associated with with our with our jobs every single day um and that you know part of starting that commercial side too is we we've built this residential team uh we absolutely love each one of our employees we love their families and the only way um that, that we felt that we could keep this team solid is to try and figure out ways where Joe and I, we could potentially pull our salaries out uh, from the residential beast that, that we created to, to provide opportunities to promote uh, uh, from, from within. And so uh, we took on the, the commercial beast and, and now it's, it's development, 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 you know, try and procure these, these, properties so that that we can develop them i i would say for us it's it's almost you know like a five-year plan where uh we are uh, uh focusing the majority of our time on the development side um and then allowing our current team on the residential side to uh, accept more responsibility and uh, even on our commercial side allowing our current team to accept more responsibility Man, I feel like we could do a two-parter on this one. Can, can I just come over? Can I come over? Bring Jesus with you. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I'll bring, I'll bring this guy. <laughs> it's gosh, but I did, I did have one question. Um, so we kind of do this podcast in kind of a three. So we kind of do it in a three-segment uh, format. So we have like a work topic. A, a life, you know, a life segment. And then a, then we just call it a wild card. And we just decide between the three of us, who's going to take what Mike uh, is the work guy tonight. Cause Mike is always the work guy. Cause that's all Mike does his work. Um, and I'm the wild card guy for obvious reasons. So I saw the other day that you guys, and you, you, it made me think of this cause you had mentioned this about your team and that you care about your team and your families. I saw about this pickleball thing. And you had mentioned that you guys play pickleball and that your staff or your team comes and is open to play. Is it on Fridays? Is that? 
so that talk about that for a minute so adam and i actually play in a league we just played last night at a league on every tuesday night adam and i and actually our wives really we really enjoy playing pickleball um down the street from our office literally like less than a mile there's a place called uh, Chicken and Pickle. So it's a it's a bar restaurant that has pickleball courts, indoor and outdoor pickleball courts. And there's multiple locations of this place. That's cool. And um, a couple of our, honestly, a couple of our uh, project managers, they kind of, uh, it was really awesome. They knew we liked pickleball and they said, hey, we booked some courts. This was um, two months ago or something like this. Hey, we booked some courts. We want to play with you guys. We challenge you and Adam. And it was cool because they knew we were into that. Oh. And it was kind of, um, honestly, Adam and I have had this talk recently. It was, it, was, uh, it was cool. I mean, just to say that. They wanted to spend some time with us without talking about work and just relaxing. And they knew we were in the pickleball. So we were like, hell yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to kill you guys. And uh, <laughs> it was fun and we played. And after that, I was like, I'm going to, Adam and I were like, we're going to book courts every Friday. And we told everybody, the commercial staff, we told the, the, the home staff, four o'clock every Friday, drop what you're doing. You're going to go and, you know, uh, play pickleball. We eat, there's a bar there. And some people play, some people just drink and eat and uh, have a good time. And you know what? It has reminded us how much, how important it is to have conversations away from work where you you don't have an obligation yeah. to talk about anything else. Everyone can can just relax a little bit because ultimately what we do is hard and uh, the more fun people can really, you know, we live to work, but work to live at the same time. And if you're not enjoying what we're doing, we're spending 80% of our time yeah. at work. And yeah. uh, it, it has turned into yeah. something really cool. It, it's been awesome. Well, that's what I was getting at. I think that's, I mean, that's such a great, uh, that's such a great thing to kind of build into your culture. And I think when you build into a culture as a team, you keep people around and, you know, you guys have already got a great thing going, but I mean, that's even going to continue to build it. I think that's fantastic. And I thought more people should know about it. Oh, we don't do much chicken and, chicken and pickle is the answer, huh? Chicken and well, pickle. Chicken the truth, and pickle. the truth behind that, like we had, you know, at, there was a point, right? Because company culture is huge. Uh, when when we start hiring yeah. uh, multiple individuals, there was a year where I planned an activity every single month, and it was, in my opinion, an awesome activity. That <laughs> He's a little bitter. Watch out! Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> Food was provided and everyone was expected to come. It was during normal business hours. Ballroom and... dancing. Oh, dude, hey, guys. <laughs> hey, guys, this craft is amazing. I've done it. We should... <laughs> no, I mean, like shotgun shooting, fishing, like they, they were fun activities. And, I, and I, I actually did send out a questionnaire to every employee and I said, hey, give me five activities you want to do. And I tried to incorporate all aspects of activities. Um, but then I would get complaints. You know, they would complain about, oh, that's boring. I don't want to do that. And some individuals didn't come. And, and I'd have, you know, bowling lanes booked and then like, only half our staff shows up. Right. So the pickleball being 
less than a mile away from our office. It just has simplified things, right? It did. Come, it's not a big deal. If you don't come, great, right? I I felt like I was spending a lot of time planning these activities to try and build company morale. And then I was getting just a lot of complaints here and there because it wasn't what that particular individual wanted to do. And my whole staff, I'm very open with them. They all know that I was annoyed with them about this. So if they listen to this, they totally know. They're going to laugh. You're on Adam's. Adam's still a little bitter about it, clearly. (laughs) Well, we went through a dry spell where there was no activities, just so I could prove a point. He's he's like, guys, I freaking love bowling. If you would just come and do it. You know, company culture is such like a corporate buzzword. And I didn't realize what it really was until we had people buy into it. And this is what I think company culture is, is that when people do what you would do when you're not there, like, and as a business owner, you're the one, it could be bad or good. If you're lying to your subs and doing dishonest stuff, your employees, your company culture is your employees will lie and do dishonest things. If you always do the right thing, if you're, you know, if you're nice and you, you have attention to detail and you care about your clients, your company culture will translate down and all these little things, these activities, these other, all the things you do for that eventually translates down that all your employees do what you do without you being there. And that's what I, I, it took me forever to really realize that's what company culture is. It's, it's from the top down and when it really works well, it's like, we're all the same people. We all do, we all are driving this yeah. ship together. And for some reason, it just took me forever to kind of like really in, like see that until I saw people do the good and the bad <laughs> and go, oh, that's what culture is. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's actually a really good point. I, that's man. So much wisdom coming out of that mustache. <laughs> <laughs> What are they going to say about me? So much wisdom coming out of that bald guy. That's what they're going to say. <laughs> dan- uh, no, it's in the dancing. It's all in the dancing. Because I don't know what that guy's talking about, but he can really move. <laughs> he sure is light footed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now nah, you had some good nuggets, Adam. You had some good nuggets. The mustache no, doesn't yeah. get all the credit. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys. Maybe that does it for this episode. We're uh, yeah. glad you guys came on. This was fun. This was super yeah. fun. I really feel like we could do it again. We probably could do it again. That was a good I episode. Did. Yeah. Cover some bases. Yeah. This was really fun. Honestly, it's got a lot to I, say. I've been on. You, we've you been guys on a are podcasts, and it it was fun. You guys make it really fun. This was really like just flowed really well. Yeah, that's fun. Well, Jamie wore a MAGA hat. I brought Jesus, <laughs> and we brought the green side. We were we we have a there green you go. Green you side brought all the green. Yeah, then we've got the then you got the green side too. Do you guys know that? How do you guys know how long I bitched before I got green side gear? <laughs> and then I'm not I'm not joking. And then Mike sends me, and then Mike. Oh, that was good. And then Mike. And then the Mike's, sweat band. No, I wish actually I'd wear that. 
then Mike sends me a box. So my wife and I both, a green side hat and a green side shirt. And then he sent me a tampon with it. <laughs> That wasn't me. Uh, uh, that, was that was U.S. Uh, yeah. that, that was just something got crossed crossed in the yeah. mail. That wasn't me. Was I don't, I don't oh, know. Was that branded as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, believe it or not, that's what he hands out. That's what he hands out before the budget meeting. <laughs> when your budget when your budget starts bleeding. That's it. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> hey, hey, all right. All right. That's the, that's the, that's the intro clip right there. That's the intro clip. You know, oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh, There's your sizzler. What is it, a sizzle? Oh, yeah. yeah, that's the sizzler. Jam and Jamie would know. Yeah, it. Well, I owe some gear sizzle to Mike clip. and the rest of you guys. We, I, Mike has been – I, I yeah. owe gear yeah, to Mike. Yeah, we'll, we'll do some trading. We need to do some trading. And Mike, you'll get yours first. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hey, we brought a ton of swag to IBS and we were just giving it out. That's the way to do so. it. I I feel like uh I feel like I've seen everybody with green side swag. Like I don't even know like are you just randomly sending it out? No, you can purchase it in all your local dick sporting goods. <laughs> Yeah, we bought these. Is he sending it to people? Wait, wait, wait. He gave you <laughs> Wait, yeah, wait a minute. That's good. That's great. Cool. All right. Oh, man. Guys, thanks for coming Thank on. You. This was, yeah, this was yeah, a lot this of fun. Is, this was fun. Right. You guys are always welcome on. back for round two. Uh, we won't push yeah, you. Love it. If you want to come back, yep. on, we'll definitely have you guys on. We uh, appreciate just you coming on. We're let us just know. getting started. It's a new podcast. So the, the wait with with which Cardinal Crest carries on social media. It should help us get out there a little bit. <laughs> Sky's the limit. I can't you, if I post this, will you do a dance, Adam? Will you like make up a TikTok dance? Yes. There you go. No problem. Like a level head. Yes, yes. Adam will. You got well, a, a level head TikTok dance, something. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I feel like it's got to be something like this. So, something with a well, touchdown. We can do that. I've seen him do that on the on the big screen at the Royal Stadium, to tell you the truth. Just that dance right there. <laughs> Just that dance right here? Oh, real quick. Who's your who's your right, pick for the Super Bowl? Like I have to ask. Yep. Are you kidding me? Why would you even ask that? Ugh. It's going to be a tough score game. Predict. Score prediction. Oh, take a guess, man. Take a guess. I don't know. It's, uh, it's going to be... It's going to be 24 21 Chiefs. Yeah, I was going to say Chiefs by Wow, that's say closer than I three. thought you'd say. It's going to be a great, great game. game. I've, actually, I've actually got a route for the Eagles just from a personal tie in. So, my wife's best friend from school, her husband is the tight mm-hmm. ends coach for the Eagles. Cool. Which is that's pretty, awesome. pretty crazy. That's cool. Yeah, so I got a. I got a root for the Eagles, unfortunately, but I was in my heart. I'm actually hoping my homies gets another one. Yeah. Because I think he's magic. It'll be a tough game. It'll be good. All right, gentlemen. Well, awesome chatting. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, guys. Take it easy, guys. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. I'll see you guys later. I can't hear you.
Love you guys. Verdure out. Later.